Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Ryan Clarkin Mindset Podcast. On today's episode, we are bringing you a very inspiring man and powerful leader in the spiritual business, personal growth, personal development space. Um, He is really putting a practical perspective on spirituality so that you can apply it to your business and to become the best version of yourself. This man's life can be a movie. I'll share a little bit about him before we go into the episode. And the man I'm talking about here is the one and only David Meltzer. David is the co-founder of Sports One Marketing and formerly served as the CEO of the renowned Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment Agency, which was the inspiration for the movie Jerry Maguire. David is also a three-time international best-selling author, a top 100 business coach, and host of the top entrepreneur podcast, The Playbook. David is the executive producer of the Bloomberg and Apple TV series, Two Minute Drill and Office Hours. He's also the executive producer of Entrepreneur's number one digital business show, Elevator Pitch. David is featured in many books, movies, and TV shows, such as The World's Greatest Motivators, Think and Grow Rich, The Legacy, and Beyond the Secret, airing on Netflix. Additionally, he's been recognized by Variety Magazine as our Sports Humanitarian of the Year and awarded the Ellis Island Medal of Honor. His life's mission is to empower over 1 billion people to be happiest. That's 1 billion. This simple yet powerful mission has led him on an incredible journey to provide one thing, and that's value. In all this content and communication, that is exactly what you'll receive. For the past 20 years, David has been providing free weekly trainings to empower others, to empower others to be happy. One of the things I love about David is his accessibility. So if at any point of this podcast, you feel inspired by what he says, or you have a question for David, or you'd like to learn more from him, reaching him can be as easy as sending an email to david at dmeltzer.com. So with that being said, let's dive in. Welcome, David. I'm, I'm super grateful to have you on the show. And you talk about something really interesting and inspiring called dummy tax. And I, I really like love that word. I haven't heard it anywhere else. And I wanted to just dive right in and ask you because you're the type of person that always finds lessons in challenges. And this is a bit of a vulnerable question, but what was what would you say was the most challenging moment of your life? And what was the lesson that you learned from that experience that you've applied through the rest of your life? I think two years before I lost everything in 2008, beginning of 2009, I filed bankruptcy, lost over a hundred million dollars. But two years before that was the most challenging, uh, enlightening, uh, and, you know, biggest change in my life. I, I came home two years before I lost everything. And my wife, and I came home at 5.30 in the morning, uh, 
completely wasted lying to my wife. She had thought I had a business meeting and I had lied to her and went to the Grammy Awards with the rapper named Little John. And I was a multi, multi-millionaire. I had everybody saying yes to me in my life. And uh, in probably the past 10 years, only three people had even, you know, approached me that it was something was wrong. One was my dad who told me, try to teach me a lesson that money doesn't buy love or happiness. And I told him to F off. My best friend told me I was hanging out with the wrong people uh, and doing the wrong things. And I told him to F off, I told them both I hated them. And now this moment, my wife told me she wasn't happy and she was leaving me. Um, and I told her to F off uh, at that moment as well. And but for waking up the next morning, realizing I don't hate my dad, I don't hate my best friend, and I certainly don't hate my wife, I realized at that moment I hated myself. And despite having everything I ever dreamed of, I married my dream girl. I had three daughters under 10, gorgeous, healthy, happy daughters. I had all the respect supposedly of my family and my friends and my community. I was a philanthropist. I, anything I wanted I could buy, I hated myself and I was empty. And that's when I found the four values that I live by and started the evolution of practices, daily practices that have changed my life and that I give away for my books, my practices and my values, I give away for free to everyone because I'm on a mission now. Ever since that day learning, I want everyone to share it, to make a lot of money, help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. I want everyone to be happy. And if I can empower people like you, Ryan, to empower others, to empower others, we can change the world together by using the values and the daily practices that my wife challenged me when she told me she was leaving, she wasn't happy and I better take stock in who I was and what I wanted to become. Mm, thank you for sharing that. What were some of those daily practices that you implemented sure. as a result of that experience? Well, one was, you know, I didn't know what I wanted. I knew what everybody else wanted for me. I knew what I didn't have or what I didn't want. But I never really sat down and said, this is what I want personally. This is what I want experientially. This is what I want to give. And this is what I want to receive. I never was intentional about any of those things. And when I talk about intentional, it's about five layers of intention, not just doing everything you can to make a lot of money, but saying everything that you can thinking everything that you can, believing everything you can, and even feeling it, being inspired. And, you know, a lot of times I just did what it took, but I didn't say, think, believe, or feel what it takes in order to live my life in a way that really shifts a paradigm from, you know, I want to get more happy, more healthy, more wealthy, and more worthy to I am happy, I am healthy, I am wealthy, I am worthy. What am I doing to interfere with it? So that first daily practice took all the nothingness in my life. I always say, uh, the minute you know what you want, you have a possibility, a mathematical advantage over nothing. Most people, no matter what they have, live their life like I was living, like a tube, food in, food out every day. Mm -hmm. I now had possibilities every day. And once I knew who I could help and who could help me with those possibilities, it made it a probability. It was 
elevating it into a state of inspiration, not just motivation of knowing what I want, but inspiration of knowing who I can help and who can help me. I love that. And I want to ask you a question because I know one of the things a lot of people struggle with, especially people who are are living in alignment with their purpose, is they see people around them who aren't, who might be feeling lost, uh, who might be in that autopilot that you talked about. And you mentioned how there were people in your life, your father, your wife, who tried to say things to you to wake you up. Are there things that we can say? Are there things that you've discovered? And I know that you do this every day. It's a big part of your mission. Are there things that we can say to, to wake people up in their life to the gift that they are, to, to consciously wake them up into their purpose? Yeah, I created an open-ended te- template, an open-ended question template. And what I want to reiterate in this template is that you only can utilize the open-ended question templates with open minds. And I have a philosophy. Uh, my philosophy is everyone has an open mind some of the time. The differentiator between open minds and other open minds is that some people have an open mind most of the time, and some people have an open mind very little of the time. But nonetheless, because they have an open mind some of the time, some people will catch them at the right time and say, oh my God, what a great person. Uh, So the first step is to qualify at this time, do you have an open mind? So you can meet someone where they're at, they're receptive to, to coherence. The second part is once you find an open mind, and it's really simple to find an open mind, you can ask, hey, how are you? You can say, where are you from? You can say, did you buy that shirt on sale? And if they don't punch you in the nose and they laugh, then they have an open mind. But once you find the open mind, now it's really easy. Uh, What I tell people to do and how I awaken others and elevate their frequency or awareness is by asking open-ended questions. Hey, what are you doing today with uh, concerning solar? What are you doing today concerning gas? What are you doing today for t-shirts? What are you doing today for shoes? What do you like about it? What don't you like about it? Would it help you if... Do you know anyone that can help me? By utilizing this simple constructive template, utilizing it with people who have open minds at that time, you will find that you can be a catalyst to create more awareness, to elevate somebody's soul, their mental, physical, and spiritual being, elevate their vibration and frequency. So not only will you both become sponsors and power sponsors of one another, figuring out how you can help each other and who you know that can help each other, but you also have changed the mindset, the heart set and the handset for that person as they move forward and build a bigger network of sponsors and power sponsors. Wow. Thank you. And I would love to ask you because you know, I've, I've been on this entrepreneurial journey for the last eight years, nothing compared to what you, how long you've been in the game. But I, I've noticed that there are two main types of people. There are people that are really generous with their knowledge and information. And then there are people who tend to succeed at a high level and, and keep a lot of it to themselves, or maybe set a very, very high paywall for what they'll share. What was the point in your life where you decided, you know what, I'm going to like, be an open book. I'm going to be really generous with my knowledge and, and what I've learned because it, it really, it's, it's different. It's unique. I, I don't see it that often. What was that moment like for you? And, and really, why do you do it? It's faith. Um, so I grew up in a world of not enough. 
I grew up in a world where I was a victim. I grew up with a single mom in Akron, Ohio, with six kids, packing my dinner in a paper bag. And my dream was money would buy me love and happiness. Money would buy me a house and a car for my mom. And so I was driven in a scarce world of not enough. When I became a millionaire, nine months out of law school and a multi-million by the time I was 30, I moved to a different world. It wasn't a world of not enough, but it was a world of just enough where I'd buy things to be happy, buy more things to be happy, buy different things to be happy. I'd buy things to impress people. I'd buy things to impress people I didn't even like to be happy. And that ended up you know, moving me to a place of transactions. Everything I could give to receive, everything was a quid pro quo. Uh, there was complete scarcity, even in the world of just enough, even though I was giving money to charity, uh, it was a world of just enough for me. Once I transitioned to the world of faith, the world of more than enough of everything for everyone, when I realized there was something bigger than me, an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresent source of everything, of infinite probabilities, of infinite realities, once I shifted my paradigm to live in the world of more than enough of everything for everyone, why wouldn't I do everything that I could and give it away, and then ask for more. You see, most people, they appreciate what they have and it adds value. They acknowledge it and recognize it by giving it away. They don't realize when it's lost, stolen, manipulated, or bankrupt from them, that they also have acquired the knowledge. They paid the dummy tax. They've acquired the knowledge. They've recognized what they had. But most people don't take out of faith the third step, which is ask, ask for more. Fill back up the vessel before it dissipates, dissolves, and disappears. End up 80 years old with an, an exact position you don't want to be in, having to ask your children and grandchildren in the community for help. Instead, continually to appreciate and grow and accelerate along in symbiosis and synergy with the universe. My simple answer is faith. I believe there's more than enough of everything for everyone. I actually take it to the next level, Ryan. I look for what other people are charging for and try to figure out how I could do it for free. So I've been doing free trainings for over 22 years. I have groups. I have given my books away. I pay for shipping. I sign them for free. I, I have literally as much as I can to give to everybody else. And it works. Uh, and the universe continues to fill my vessel and overflow it so I can give more. Wow. What what has been the what have been the most helpful things to support you with your energy in the process of doing that? Because you you give a lot. So what what are the most helpful things that you've done to support your own energy? Yeah, the first paradigm shift was the most important one. Is when you realize that you are already connected to and through the omniscient, all powerful, all knowing source, and you are happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy, and you just have to figure out what you're doing to interfere with it. The reason I have so much energy is because. I only spend minutes and moments wasting it. So I've learned through a stop, drop, and roll technique that I teach to identify where I'm wasting energy. Ego-based consciousness is the biggest waste of energy. The need to be offended, right, separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, angry, guilty, resentful, just to name a few. And also my health, making it a non-negotiable. Where am I not moving my body enough, not eating the right things. What am I doing to interfere with my health, my happiness, my wealth, and my worthiness? And so unlike most people who run out of energy as they get 
more and more seasoned, I have more and more energy because I'm clearing that which interferes with me and the omniscient, all-powerful source that runs through me. See, the world of everything for everyone isn't a world of to me that is a victim world, isn't for me, which is a scarce world. It's through me for everyone else. Wow. And underneath all this, I'm hearing frequency, vibration. You talk a lot about that. And people have a tough time understanding how frequency ties to success. And you've already shared a, quite a bit about this. But when you think about frequency and living at the highest frequency possible, how does that translate to success and abundance? Well, your frequency is your neighborhood. So the easiest way to describe what it is, is when I was living in Akron, Ohio, in the projects, even if I had extraordinary potential, if I sat on that long chair drinking a 40, you know, cold 45 with that buddy and said, hey, man, you know, I want to start a business. Can you help me? You know, they wouldn't be too much of a help. There's less options, less opportunity, less touches of favor that that neighborhood can provide for me. But if I elevate my neighborhood, elevate my frequency, since my frequency is my neighborhood, and I move to the gated community and I sit at the curb at the gated community next to one of my neighbors and said, hey, man, I'm thinking about starting a business. They would have more options, opportunities and touches of favor to help me. And if I move over to the luxury home part, I'd even have more. And if I move over to the dream home part, I'd even have more. And so if you can equate your frequency, your vibration, which indicates your awareness, because you can only be aware of that which vibrates equal to or less than you. So the higher the frequency, the higher the vibration, the nicer the neighborhood, the nicer the neighbors, the more options, opportunities, and touches of favor. It's a mathematical equation. The earth vibrates the slowest, plants, animals, humans, sound, then light. And just remember everyone, the thing that vibrates the fastest to elevate your frequency is the truth. The truth is the fastest vibrating thought. Therefore, enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of the truth, and you will elevate your frequency, live in a nicer neighborhood, have more options, opportunities, and touches of favor. Mm, this is amazing. You are dropping bombs, <laughs> spiritual bombs in the best way that elevate consciousness. This is like the type of episode where I feel like people listening are just like, this is the type of episode where I can listen to it six, seven, eight, nine times, take notes, break everything down that you're saying, because there's there really is so much to it. And well, I want to ask- One lesson too, Ryan, real quick, because I know we got yeah. a couple of minutes. Yeah. About those things, look, everyone, don't just write down everything. Don't, don't write down nothing. Just write down what resonates with you mm. and find a system to access it. My garage is full with college, law school, and graduate school notes that I never can get to because I didn't use my own advice. So I should only write down what resonates with me, then create a system to access those. Luckily, we have much more technology today than we did when I did, but it may be the best nugget that I give you. If you want any of this stuff written out, by the way, the exercises, guides, and books, email me, david at dmeltzer.com. I'll send it to you for free as we discussed. Go ahead, Ryan, you got Thank questions. you so much, yeah. And as we're wrapping up, I wanna ask you one question that, I love to ask all my guests in a unique way for you. And that question is that if God orchestrated a moment where every single person, every single soul on the planet's eyes, ears, and hearts were open to the truth of what you wanted to share with them, what would you say? Oh, it'd be caught between two things. I think I would say, ask for help. My, my second guess would have been be kind, but I think 
uh, instructing someone to ask for help uh, would be aligned with being kind. So the radical humility that comes from allowing ourselves to add value. See, what is inherited or inherent in asking for help uh, is this idea of value add, not zero sum. See, in that world of not enough and just enough, it's a zero sum game. You give to receive, everything's a trader and a negotiation. If you have faith that there's more than enough of everything for everyone to come through you, you'll live in a value add game. And when you realize asking for help adds value to the person you're asking it from, then you're living in abundance. And that would be, I think, a game changer for the collective consciousness in the world is if we all ask for help. I don't think very many people uh, you know, have a problem giving but they have a problem asking for help and receiving. If I could shift that paradigm, I'd change the world. Absolutely. I love it. Thank you so much, David. And I just want to express my appreciation to you for being a humble, a humble servant, for creating and serving and, and really dedicating your life to elevating the consciousness of the planet and elevating people and living that standard yourself. And also for, you know, happy Father's Day for Thank being an amazing so dad and really a mentor to so, so many people. I appreciate you immensely. And thanks for taking the time to be on this show. Thank you. Everybody reach out to me, David at dmelzer.com. They'll put it in the show notes, David at dmelzer.com. Remember, be more interested than interesting. Be kind to your future self and do good deeds. Ryan, thank you for the opportunity to share. Thank you. Appreciate it.